Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends with Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. So join us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Before we begin this episode, we wanted to give a little disclaimer to all of our listeners. What you're about to listen to is a episode with frank discussions on mental, emotional, and spiritual health and well-being. We discuss our own perspectives on the subject matter and our own unique experiences that are unique to us. While we are highly educated and we both have university degrees in psychology, sociology, communications, and media, we are not licensed psychologists, psychiatrists, or medical doctors. All the advice and feedback that we give, as well as sharing our stories, are ours alone and based on our experiences. Every single person on the planet is very different and every healing journey is unique. Please keep that in mind when we share our experiences. And if you have questions about your own mental wellness, or if you want to ask an expert about anything that you're dealing with or struggling with, please consult a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist or someone in your area that you know and trust. We thank you and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. We hope everybody has had a good refreshing start to the end of winter and pretty quick we'll be hopping into spring we'll be springing forward into spring thank you for joining us today we are very grateful to all of our listeners we've been getting some amazing messages from women who've listened to previous early episodes way back in the 20s and the early early days of wags of sci podcast and getting some resources which to be honest, this has always been our goal is to have the podcast up on the website forever and ever so that women who are just entering this life or who suddenly discover podcasts can have access to the content and hear what we have to say about, you know, this journey with spinal cord injury and have it as a resource. So we're very thankful to all our followers. So today's episode is going to be a little bit about our toolkit. So we've mentioned in our previous episodes, we're focusing on mental health this month um, for the Wags of SCI podcast, mental, emotional health. And so we've mentioned our toolkit many times in the previous two episodes. And so today we're going to talk about what our personal toolkits are and how you can find your own toolkit when it comes to strengthening and developing your mental health and be becoming more aware of your behaviors and how physical health ties into that. And so, you know, everybody has their own unique toolkit 
And it's up to you to figure out what your toolkit is going to look like. And so we're going to kind of provide some guidance on that and what has helped us over our journeys, kind of re-examining our own mental health and realigning with our soul's purposes um, and kind of strengthening our emotional states over the past few years and dealing with spinal cord injury at the same time. Before we get into that, we just wanted to send a shout out to this episode's sponsors. Of course, we have Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Robin handles our own personal cases, but she's also the official advocate of the WEGS of SCI community. So what that means is she is a lawyer, but she's also an advocate for people with spinal cord injuries and caregivers. She has believed in us since day one. And she supports us by providing help to our followers as far as looking over your insurance benefits, writing letters, advocating behind the scenes, helping with human rights issues. And of course, she specializes in personal injuries, specifically spinal cord and brain injuries. So Robin can be reached via our website, wagsvesti.com. You click on the legal resources tab. You can also find her on her own personal website called brainandspinelaw.com. And you can learn more about what she does for the spinal cord community at a whole and how she helps us. So if you have a second, please check out her website and send her some love. And um, we really appreciate her. So our second sponsor is Annalisa and John of Rolling in Paradise. So Annalisa is a quad wife herself and her partner, John, is a quadriplegic. And they run this amazing company called Rolling in Paradise. They are a adaptive equipment supplier that specializes in sports equipment like um, hand cycles, everything from adaptive equipment on the beach to adaptive equipment on the trail. They can help you customize your wheelchair so that you can get more active in your life. They understand what it's like in this life because they live this life. So please visit www.rollinginparadise.com and tell them the wigs of SCI sent you. Keep in mind, they also do a lot of equipment and supplies, and they ship all over North America. So give them a shout out when you can. All right, so let's get into this episode, Elena. Let's talk about our tools and our toolkits that we've developed over the years in hopes that we can help some women like us that are just starting this journey or want to get more into self-care. Yeah, absolutely. But before we do that, I just wanted to sort of touch base on um, this little card pack that you and I have been participating in by Sage Natural Wellness. Um, they are the connection prompt cards where I ask a question and we get to answer it. And I think this ties really well into this episode, the topic that we are discussing, which is building your own toolkit. And the card that I picked up for today goes so well with this because I feel like this is a really great way for anybody who's asking us or themselves, what the heck is a toolkit? How do I even start? And starting and recognizing your own needs is one of the hardest things to do. And a lot of the time, like we always say, or at least one of my favorite things to say is I'm fine, really, I'm fine. So this card goes like this. This is the card that I feel will really help anybody sort of dive in and recognize your own needs. And the card is, how are you really? That's it. 
the card is how are you really not just like you know when you when you you know come come across your friends and you call them or you meet up together and you're like hey how are you this is like really how are you yeah and i feel like nobody wants to answer that question especially nowadays no because it's hard right you have to sort of sit there and i think the one of the other um accompanying prompts to go along with this would be grab a journal you know go to the bookstore or go to whatever go to indigo or whatever search for a beautiful journal like a paperback grab a really nice pen buy yourself a really nice pen take that time for yourself and sit back and sort of just like let it flow you know ask Mm -hmm. yourself how are you really and you'll be surprised at what you let yourself free write if you let yourself free write what you will come up with and it can be extremely therapeutic and such a great way to start your mindfulness practice. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good intro to what we're talking about too. Um, in this episode, because a lot of people, they feel like something's missing in their life or they have some physical problems that they need to figure out what is going on. And yeah, you, of course you have your healthy diet and you start to exercise, but a lot of people, especially in our community as caregivers, they, they get they get to a place where they know that something's missing. And usually it has to do with knowing yourself and understanding yourself and giving yourself the time and the love and the care that you need. And so getting to a place where you can actually say, okay, what I'm doing is not working. I'm too stressed out. I'm not balanced. I'm flying off the handle as far as emotions. I'm not giving myself the time that I need to recover at the start or at the end of a day or at the middle of the day, I don't have time for myself. It can feel overwhelming. And, you know, we talk about caregiver burnout a lot. It all ties in together. And so I think one of the first things that women like us do is they either reach a catastrophe where they've put on a bunch of weight or their health is suffering or they're having mental issues and emotional issues and something needs to change and they don't know where to start, but they do know that they want to invest more time in themselves. And so, you know, in, in the Instagram space or the social media space, and it's very trendy right now to talk about self-care. Um, but I think it's really, really important to get to the basics about how to start off in kind of like an investigation of yourself and what you need and how it is not a blanket one size fits all process. Every single one of us has different traumas, different beliefs, different lenses in which we see the world and different experiences and different lifestyles. And so you can't just say, oh, you know, I'm going to start meditating. It's too much for me. It's too much of a blanket statement. It's not specific enough. It doesn't fit into everybody's lifestyles. There are so many types of meditation. So today we're going to talk about what has guided us in our journeys to help not just align with like our higher selves, but to like get back to the basics of who we are as women and why it's important for us to devote time every day to nourish and care for ourselves spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and how that trickles into every other aspect of our life and how it can actually help us to feel better, right? I mean, because we all come from a state of we want to feel better, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who wants who wants to feel like crap? <laughs> I, don't right? know, I don't know anybody who's like, hey, today's going to be that day. I'm going to be grumpy from Snow White. <laughs> well, and there's so much, a lot of us, 
are so stressed out or have gone through traumas where it's just constant stress and constant trauma and we normalize it mm-hmm. and we think that it's normal. And then we get to a place where physically we start to suffer because our body has been crying to us and we haven't been listening. And so then our bodies are like, okay, well, she's not listening now. Let's do something else and kick it into gear so that she starts to listen. And right. it's like like we said in previous episodes, normally we have humans have to learn the hard way for whatever reason. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's just the way we are wired. <laughs> we, we will struggle. We will, you know, bury our heads in the sand until our bodies get our attention. And sadly, a lot of the time then it's really, it's very difficult to dig yourself out if only you listen the first time around. Right. Yeah, it's true. Cause it gets to the point where it's like you've spiraled and you, you know, you're physically responding to stress now and it, it takes a lot more work to reverse the damage that you've done um, than it would if you just said, you I feel a little bit stressed out. Let's, let's kick this in the butt and let's, let's nick this in the butt before it gets out of control. We don't do that. Right. We ignore it <laughs> as humans. So like, mm-hmm, I, totally. I think, the, I think the first thing that we should talk about is um, when you get into the space of healing and when you say to yourself, okay, I need to heal myself. I need to start working on myself. Where do I start? There's a lot of um, literature and videos and experts out there that talk about the power of intention, quote, the power of intention. I mean, I think there's even some books out there that talk about that. And as someone who has navigated this space from the ground up and kind of wanted to inform myself about spirituality and emotional resilience and um just like being in tune with yourself. What does that really mean? Intention comes up a lot and setting an intention. And so I think we should start off talking about that because setting an intention kind of gets brushed aside a lot these days. And I think that setting an intention and realizing that you want to set an intention with yourself, not just a goal, but like I want to feel like, for example, an intention would be I want to feel like the best version of myself possible, not just right now, but every day. And I want to make it a habit. I, th- I think that people kind of glaze over what that really means and how important that is and how important it is. Because when you set an intention, it means that you are in control. It means that you have to step outside of quote, victim consciousness, which is the state of being that says my circumstances dictate my reality. When it's actually the opposite, when you truly empower yourself, you realize, no, 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 my intentions and my actions and my choices dictate my reality. And in order to set an intention, you have to realize that. So you have to step out of that victim mode of consciousness and say, okay, I'm not a victim anymore. I am going to take radical responsibility for my life. I'm not going to wait for things to get better. I'm not going to blame my partner's spinal cord injury. I'm not going to blame stress anymore. I'm going to do something that is for me, that helps me to be accountable for me. And then I'm going to try and stick to it. I feel like that is like really, really not talked about as much as it should. And I feel like every one of us has to reach a point where we say to ourselves, what is my intention? I am not going to blame anything else for why I feel the way that I feel because it's me. It's me that's doing this. Elena, do you remember a point in this journey as a caregiver, as a WAG, as a woman? Do you remember a point where you literally kind of switched modes where you were 
like, okay, I'm not going to blame my circumstances anymore for my situation? Um, <laughs> I think that's a good question. Um, I don't, I, I don't think I particularly, um, myself had a point where I was like, okay, this is a day. I think it's sort of like what we were saying earlier. Um, it's that mindfulness practice of being able to even recognize that you're in that mode in the first place. I think that's what takes a lot of recognition and like a lot of work to be able to step back and be like, whoa. And this is something that we often read on our private community of Wags of SEI on Facebook is, you know, you read through women's posts who are having a really tough time or a really hard day. And the same sort of connection between the topics exists. And that is that a lot of the time, the identity of the spouse gets mixed up with the caregiver and you kind of take on the identity of your partner and their spinal cord injury. And those are very difficult to, you don't just wake up one day and say, today's the day, the day that I'm not going to be doing these things. Today's the day I'm not going to be allowed to be controlled by my thoughts or led by my thoughts of I'm here to in a, in a way, I guess, like sacrifice everything, like you kind of have to take a step back. And I think over time, and I'm seeing a lot of this also in our community over time, seeing the threads, the posts change and women really taking like that radical accountability for themselves. I think we're also like moving through a very interesting, like gravitational pull and like the energy of the collective right now, where people are starting to realize that it's like, really, it's you versus the world (laughs) at at home base. It's just you, that you do have to take care of your mental health and your emotional health and your physical health, or else you're really no good to anybody else. So I guess in short, what I would say is like, I think it's a practice. I don't remember specifically for myself having like that one moment where I was like, that's it. This is it that's today. I think it was more so like, okay, wow, I feel like shit. And like, how do I change this? And how do I do this over time? And how do I like put one foot in front of the other? For myself, I started to go for walks. I started to move my body, especially when pandemic hit. And it was like, we were all fearful. We were stuck at home. You know, we were banging pots and pans for the healthcare workers for doing the good thing of consistently keeping us safe. But then it was us at home that were locked up that were suffering. And then again, it like highlighted that extreme isolation that we feel for our post injury wags of being the only caregiver there for your partner. And it's just you and them. And then real, and then thinking like, well, how do I not take on that identity of like, this is it for me. This is all I, this is, I guess this is me now. This is what I do now. I pick up the pieces, you know? So I think, yeah, I've seen like a common theme. Like, I don't know about you. Like, no, I do know about you. I, I know that you, you also have done your, your, you know, your intentional shift in perspective and also being able just to ask yourself those tough questions. Like, what is it exactly that I want for myself here? Yeah, I, I think that I'm really glad that you said what you said about like how it was a gradual thing and how you're just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. Because I think... um we live in a society obviously where instant gratification and I want it now. And this has to happen now. Um, it floods our brains and, you know, we can have and do anything we want pretty much. Right. Um, 
that's kind of, that's corporate consumerism. And so I think we're in a society where that is the case. And so when you approach a topic like setting intentions for yourself and self-care, it's very easy to fall into the trap of like, no, this isn't working for me right now. So then it's not working. Right. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think it's really important to stress that um, this path, the self-love path, the finding out who you really are and what you really need is a lifelong journey like we've spoken about in past episodes. And it's not an instant overnight fix to make yourself feel better. It's a gradual process. And I've learned that a hundred million percent, especially in the past three years, it's been like exaggerated how it is a gradual process change, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think like the common theme within like our four walls is, you know, there's been quite a few times where I've been so, so stressed and not just like, I'm not saying like, I'm so stressed because of Dan's SCI and like that and like our journey there, but there's a lot of other factors. And a lot of the time we don't notice the other factors until it's like your partner is like in a situation where you're the only person there to help them fix that situation. Like it's always the icing, the icing on the cake that really makes the lava like really explode from the volcano. Right. Like it's always something of that sort. And then you're like, Oh my God, like, how did I get here? How did I get to the point that I, this is my only response? This is my only reaction where I'm just like, oh my God, I can't take this anymore. You know, like how do we get to that? We're really over the top aroused at this point that we can't see anything but red. And I think that those moments are re- really, really powerful and really great indicators for us to pay attention to instead of being the victim in it and saying, oh my God, this is my life. It sucks. I can't believe I have to do this all the time. But being able to pay attention to that and be like, okay, cool. This is like now showing something to me. This is showing me that maybe this isn't the best way to do things. And maybe we should set a fourth, a better plan so that I can take a step back and take a breather and like learn from these experiences of like set up a better plan for you and your partner, set up a better plan for when these things happen. I have better tools, right? Yeah. (laughs) For sure. And I think, I think for me personally, getting like you speak about like when I, when you have those emotional reactions and when you're just, I always like to say it's like your cup is overflowing, which means your tolerance for your life is at the breaking point all the time because of stress, because of overloading yourself, because of doing whatever you're doing, work, this family, all that stuff. You are at the breaking point all the time. So any little extra stress added on top of that makes it so that it's an explosion, right? Like you were just saying. And so for myself personally, I wanted to get to a place where my cup was only a quarter full all the time. It wasn't you know, 99.9% full over the time, ready to explode. I wanted to get to the place where I had more resilience. And like we spoke about last episode, it was more about getting my body used to what was happening while also taking things away. And when I say things, I don't just mean physical things. That's definitely part of it. I also mean emotional healing, removing blockages and understanding the blockages so that I can have energy that flows through my body at a smoother rate. Um, And there's a lot of ways to do this, which we'll get into um, what has kind of worked for you and I over the past little while, because we're good examples of how when you intend to heal and when you set your intention to be your best self and you set your intention to live your best life, what that brings you. 
because, you know, like it or not, it's not just us making these choices. I believe in a higher power. I believe in the power of the universe. I believe that the universe is benevolent because of the fact that we are creative beings and we're always growing. We're always changing. We're never, ever going backwards. We're always moving forwards. We are creative beings. And so when you think about it that way, you know that something is on your side because you're growth oriented. Everybody is, right? So it's easy to think of it that way, even if you're not a religious person, or even if you're not a spiritual person, you are a growth oriented being. You're growing. And so when you think about that and you set your intention to align with that, big things happen for you. <laughs> and so yeah. I know I know from experience and I know you know from your experience that once you decide that and you say, okay, I want to commit to my own self-care, I want to commit to getting better, the stuff that is presented to you as an opportunity to heal and grow is outstanding. It, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. But you always have to go through that discomfort, right? Those layers of like, absolute, like painful discomfort. But know that there is something better for you on the other side, like you're saying. (laughs) Well, when I say outstanding, I mean, sometimes it'll slap you in the face to the point where you're just like, holy crap, I am so conditioned to being stressed that I don't know what it's like to remove elements that make me stressed. My body freaks out. And I yeah. think everybody's everybody's bodies are the same. Whereas you know, it's the same when it goes to work working out. You want to change your body, your body's going to fight back, right? You go yep. to the gym and you do a workout and you do something physical, and you can't sit or stand the next day because you're so much in pain. Your body is revolting, but it's also changing, right? Mm-hmm. So the pain is a good thing, and that goes for physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Yeah, absolutely. But but it's the proof is in the pudding. You got to <laughs> swim through the pudding first. <laughs> right? It's so true. It's so true. And um, I just like I know there's a lot of women out there, not just in our community, a lot of people in the world are reexamining their lives right now. And it's a very painful time to be alive. But it is also necessary pain. Because with that pain brings change, right? You can't change unless you sort through the pudding, like you said, unless you try and swim upstream a little bit and realize that it's not working for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, let's just quickly, because we wanted to make this a shorter episode so that we're not talking people's ears off about, you know, what we're doing and all that stuff. We just wanted everyone to start thinking about their own toolkit and about what they're going to put in that toolkit as far as what would work for them and how to structure it and how to organize their lives so that they can do certain things to help them um, evolve and provide more building blocks for their own self-care, not just for now, but for the future. So let's just talk about like some very obvious things. So we talked about intention and how important it is to not just listen to other people and say, you should be doing this, but to actually intend yourself for your own intention and goal as to what you want for yourself and to really search high and low and spend some time being quiet and actually like you were talking about journaling and what's important to you. What do you want to experience? What do you need? And what is at the base of that basic need? So after you kind of set that, and it's really important because you'll always have to use your willpower to go back to that intention because you, like we were speaking about earlier, you will have set setbacks and pitfalls and your body will rebel and your mind will rebel. And you're going to have to keep going back to that intention. It's like, no, no, no. I'm going to stick to this path because this is my end goal, right? Right. So what has helped you um, 
as far as sticking to your personal intentions of being the best version of yourself over the past couple of years? I think one thing to point out also is like the the best way to sort of um, figure out what it is that you need is gauge your energy level. And like that helped me a lot. It's like I have my little toolkit for different energy points. Like let's say I'm low energy, then I will do something that probably uses a less let a lot less of my brain power or my emotional energy or physical energy. So depending on that, this can, again, I find that the most helpful thing to do is like maybe make a cup of tea. If you make a cup of tea, then you're able to, you know, go through your tea cupboard. You're able to connect your thought to what is it, what is it exactly that I want? You get to choose a flavor of tea and sort of check in with yourself. What is it exactly that I want? What is it exactly that I need? And then depending again on your level of energies, am I able to sit down and read a book? Or am I able to sit down and write a little bit or pull a card, you know, put a pull a connection card? Or am I able to move my body and go for a walk and get connected with everything around me from the trees to the sidewalk to the people you bypass to am I able to take my dog for a walk so that has been like one of the most helpful ways for me to sort of not only just jump up and like force myself to be like ah I need to get out there and I need to go burn off some steam it's like check in with yourself first and foremost I don't think that there is a cookie cutter mold to doing these things, but the most important part of like my practice that has been is being able to truly listen to your needs. Um, Really, really good point. And I think what you're describing for anyone out there who wants to look more into this or who is not familiar with gauging your energy and how you would do that. Cause like a lot of the times, so uh, we're under so much stress that we are, we're not even aware of our energy level. Um, and we could push ourselves to go for a run or do this and we're actually depleting ourselves further. So it's like a balance, right? You have to yes, find, right? totally. Yes. You have to find a balance between what is good for me and what is depleting for me. And in order to do that, I, th- I suggest everyone who doesn't understand what interoception means to look up what interoception is and some skills to develop interoception. Interoception is basically what Elena was speaking about, what you were speaking about earlier, um, about l- like f- the feelings that you're feeling within your body and Everybody is different. Everybody has different scales for measuring their own energy level and what they're feeling inside their body. But if it, it, to, to understand what interoception is and to be able to start your practice of feeling inside your body and the sensations inside your body and what they're telling you is a skill in itself that takes a long time to develop. So um, anybody, yeah, anybody who is interested in starting your journey off with really great interoception should start doing that. Um, there's a lot of good stuff out there about body scanning, um, body scanning meditations, all that kind of stuff. If you're not, because I know Elena, you're a naturally very empathetic person. You're a feeler. Um, you feel oh, things thanks, in your body. Bro. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you, like you feel yeah. things not just in your mind but in your body as well, and so that gives you a naturally good interoception skill. Especially after you got off your pills, I'm sure you had a big mm-hmm. rush of holy shit, what am I feeling in my body right now? This is new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that is a skill, and I think everybody should visit that because it is something that will never leave you. And it'll some, it'll be something that'll help you navigate your own self-care. Absolutely. And the best part about these sort of like conversations that you and I always have is 
I find that whenever I don't have the words for, I'm like, this is just like the practice that I do. This is just like me trying to like preserve my chi. This yeah. is just something that I'm trying to put a bit of more thought into. And then Brooke's yeah. like, oh, check it out. There's a word for that. Go and go and look it up. So it's always it's always a good conversation between us, not just like as girlfriends, as friends, but it's always so helpful when you're able to like connect with like your community, yeah. whatever that community looks like, the Wags of SCI community on our private page there's always somebody that's like hey I think I know what you're talking about I think I've been through it I think I might be going through it now so again it's just been an incredible way to sort of like source our energy and transfer it between our community because it's always you think it's different but a lot of the time it's like no no we're the same same yeah right for sure and um it just it works so well because you know if you were to go back right now kind of recap. All right. So let's set our intentions. Let's really, really figure out deep inside what we want. Let's really figure out where we want to go. Um, what is something that we need to do for ourselves? And what is that goal and that path that we need to stay on no matter what happens, no matter how much our bodies fight back. So then you brought up, um, you know, really getting to know how you feel, really getting to know your energy level and what that means to you. And is it is it real energy or is it caffeine energy <laughs> is yes. it real stress yeah or is it the stress that happens when you do good change when you go on a jog or when you go on a walk and your body is stressed there's two different types of stress right mm-hmm. so but interoception is something that we all need to develop and you know what's interesting is there's a lot of work with um, s- studies on interoception with autistic kids um that's where the huge bulk of uh the research has been as far as like feeling your feelings in your body and what, what discovering right. what you feel. Right. But this is the type of thing that every child and adult needs to learn. And I would say from freaking kindergarten, they should learn how to feel what is going on and understand their own sensations in their body. So, okay, let's move on to another tool and let's talk about the physical and how much the physical has to do with mental for a second. And, um, how me personally, I really underestimated the amount that physical, not just physical issues or ailments, but physically moving your body in a mindful way, whether it's through exercise, whether it's through yoga, whether it's running, whether it's through stretching, I didn't realize the power that had on the mind until I started to actively involve myself in that intentionally to help my mind. So you were mentioning walking earlier and starting on like a walking journey. And I remember, mm-hmm. I yeah, just over three years ago now, as I started walking as well, we both started walking at the same time where I literally said to myself, and I know I spoke in the podcast about this before, if, if you know, people who've been listening for a couple of years now, I started walking and I said to myself, I'm going to walk five kilometers a day. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if I feel like crying while I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm just going to do it. But that's not the answer for everybody, right? Like that's something that came to me kind of out of the blue where I was just like, I'm going to do this. And then I started to realize, holy, it is crazy how just walking can help to calm the thoughts in your brain and help to calm. I What I realized was, is if my body is calm, my mind is calm. And so from there, I started to move from walking to jogging, 
And that was a whole other beast in itself. But during that time, I was also committed to starting a yoga practice. And I started with 15 minutes. And I know I've spoken about this in the podcast before. I started with 15 minutes. Even when I was dragging my ass at the end of the day, I would force myself to do it because I knew that it was low impact and it wasn't something that was going to physically stress my body. It was going to even out the energy in my body. And the longer I did it and the longer I stuck to it, the more I realized the connection between the mind and the body. Um, so I think that like people really, really underestimate the power of movement. And I know we hear it all the time in different podcasts and books, how important physical activity is, but they don't stress enough the mind body connection. Right. And I think just to kind of touch base on, on the physical stuff is like a lot of the time, it's not just about looking fit and not just about having, you know, a muscly tight body body and like being strong or this or that it is literally the importance of the mind body connection. And it's not just some like hippity jibbity, <laughs> right. Especially for, um, our partners. These are things that you can do with your partners with like the connecting the mind and the body by closing your eyes, visualization, visualizing, squeezing your calves, and then, you know, opening your eyes and having that, like the, the, neuroplasticity having your brain rewired having having more awareness spatially of where you are in a room in your own body those are things that are like really cool like I remember when you first started doing yoga and I've always grown up in a family that like my mom thought that like yoga was like of the occult or whatever like she just didn't have the proper understanding so I'm laughing because I've grew up with this my entire life of me being like the I don't know what she thought I guess she thought I was worshiping the yoga gods but anyways um you know just so I kind of like always grew up with like that pushback of like should I even look into this should I just like sit at home and read the bible like is that is that all I have is like the awareness of like scripture or is it something else within myself that I can do so I remember when you first started doing your practice with the walking and the yoga it was like inspiring to see somebody follow through and like listen to their gut basically of like I'm gonna set this intention to do this practice of like 20 minutes a day or five minutes a day or like whatever the awareness that needed to happen was right and it's like it starts with something so little it starts with a small small little thought a small little seed to do something completely for yourself and and I just also just want to quickly say that it's like it's not selfish to take care of yourself especially when you're a caregiver, like you kind of have to give yourself permission to be like, Hey, I'm going to take this moment to sit down and like, maybe I'm going to hop in the shower first today. Maybe I'm not going to wait until everybody else in my household is taken care of the dogs fed, the dogs walked, my partner's cared for my partner's dressed. My partner's the first one to get in and brush his teeth or my kids or the groceries or the, you know, the dishes need to be done or the laundry needs to be done. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, what happened to me? <laughs> I'm so wearing like clothes that have milk spilt on them from like two days ago. Like what's happening here? It's yeah. not selfish to bring awareness to take care of yourself because you're actually no good to anybody, including yourself, if you don't do that. No, it's very true. And um, these are hard lessons that, that have been learned by Elena Pauly. Yes. <laughs> and Brooke Paget, yes. Um, yeah. No, that like when you were speaking about like committing to like just a small amount of time, like we'll definitely 
I'll, I always think about how the instant gratification thing, because I would definitely have that program running in my mind from childhood where it's like, you, you know, you think that these things are going to be instant and happen, but then overnight, but then you realize that like nothing happens overnight. And there's no point in discouraging yourself if you're not getting changes. Because here's the thing, if you go at your own self-care, the physical side of it with a non-physical goal, like, like we were talking about, like if your goal is to improve your mental health and emotional health and kind of make it so that your cup isn't overflowing all the time and you have more space for bowel and bladder accidents or fights that come up between you and your partner when you spend too much time together, whatever it is, whatever caregiver issue that comes up, you'll have more space to deal with that. And you won't completely go into like a, you know, dysregulated state. Um, when you're doing the physical stuff and you do it for those reasons, slowly, very slowly, the inner critic that says you should be looking this way or you should have lost 10 pounds, it starts to dissolve because you start to see that there's more to it than just that. And so going at it and saying, okay, I'm going to do this for my mental health. I don't give a shit about what I look like. I don't care if I don't lose weight. Then that makes it a lot easier because, you know, it takes a long time to reverse damage that stress has done to the body. Both Elena and I can be testaments to that. It is not something that happens like within a year or even two years or even three years, to be honest. When you've gotten to a place where you're burning out and you're stressed and you're trying to process traumas and all that stuff, um, it's 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 a process. It's a long process, and you're not going to get the physical results that you think mm-hmm. you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But you will get the mental results right away. Yeah, absolutely. So, before we wrap things up, um, you know, at the end of the day, light a candle for yourself. Set the mode. Set the mood in the mode. That's kind of what I've been doing too at nighttime. I find like that's like a good way to kind of calm things down. It's like that one thing. Everybody, Dan and I hop into bed. Our poodle noodle is on the bed. Light some candles and just like relax. And like, you know, one of the other things that I found the most helpful to myself and I and I began doing this um, a couple years ago, a little bit here and there, but I've noticed that it's become um, habitual and and like truly like it's become a habit but it's like also like a part of my life um is giving gratitude having thanks like my head hits the pillow and I just something naturally before I used to have to like practice it be like think of one thing you're really grateful for from today but naturally something just pops into my head now like you know I'm grateful for my body thank you for moving today thank you for healing from being sick or thank you for having the energy to like get the dishes done and all my chores done or thank you for being patient maybe you practice patience extra well and after a while it becomes a habit and you just like really recognize that yes we're all human we're programmed by whatever societal conditions family friends maybe from our parents maybe from um, education institutions who knows we're programmed to think a certain way and sometimes we forget that like the way that we think is truly just our our own those are our own thoughts they don't have to be a record that plays over and over in your head of something that you've learned but kind of grounding yourself in that gratitude at the end of the day is a really really nice way to sort of end it and be like okay 
I did. It's also a good way to connect and, and give yourself like a bit of peace and, and give yourself a, a pat on the back saying, you know, I did it. I did something today that I had intention for, or I set out to do. And here I am. <laughs> I love that. I think that's so, and like the stuff that we've talked about on this episode, you know, the toolkit, we, we just really want to stress that it's an individual process to design your toolkit. You will get inspiration after you set your intention of being your best self. You will have thoughts come to you. You will have ideas come to you. You will have little breadcrumbs that are put before you when you decide to shift into a creator of your own life, right? It's not something that needs to be complicated. The path will be shown to you. It's just about tuning in to yourself and saying, okay, I'm going to start focusing on me more. Even if it's just 10 minutes a day, everything will be paved for you. You don't have to worry. Um, this is one of the things that I've really realized from being a control freak. You know, I've always been more of a controlling person and to release that and break free from that over the past, you know, 10 years of my partner's injury, slowly but surely peeling away those control layers. You realize that like the path will be shown to you in your best interests and really, really grounding into that and using gratitude, like you said, and just going back to basics. So if this episode wasn't detailed enough for you, we will get into more detailed things and um, like breath work and all that stuff that we've talked about in the past. We'll, we'll kind of put it into one episode and um, give some more detailed thoughts on that. But for now, we would love everybody to start thinking about back to basics and simplifying everything from your intention, from your interoception, developing those skills of really getting to know yourself from within and focusing within is huge. And then tying some movement into that and slowly building on that. That is how you create a toolkit for yourself. That is how the breadcrumbs will be shown and put before you is step back, take a step back. You know, I know Elena, you were stressing about that in the last episode of how slowing down works wonders. And it does because our minds are so full of chatter. And when we keep going and we use excuses of it's the partner's accident or it's this and that, or it's kids or it's work. When we use all those external excuses, it prevents us from really, really having those brilliant thoughts and ideas and peace come to us. So anyone who's listening, who is just starting out their journey or who is trying to heal from caregiver burnout, um, we know where you're at. We've been there ourselves. And that's the beauty of this podcast is like, we're all in this journey together and we're all kind of feeling around with a blindfold on. <laughs> that's like what it feels like sometimes, right? It feels like you're wearing a sleep mask and you're putting one foot in front of the other and you're not really sure where you're going and it feels weird, but you know that you're on the right path because you've decided you want to be on the path towards healing. And that is the most powerful thing of all practices is setting that path for yourself just saying, you know what, I'm going to stick to it no matter what. Even if I have heartaches and issues along the way, I'm still on that path. So, Absolutely. yes. It takes practice <laughs> and be patient. It doesn't happen overnight. I was even just sort of looking at my Fitbit and like the kind of steps I've been taking the last like week or whatever. In the last couple of days, I haven't been taking so many steps. And like a part of like my heart wants to jump out of my chest and say, you got to get going. You got to go run. 
but in also exactly what we're saying. Also be kind and be patient with yourself. You will have another day to make up those steps or do the things that you have pacing around in your mind, right? Be kind, be gentle, be gracious with yourself. You only have one body, one mind. You only have one life to live. So as always, you know, be kind to yourself, be kind to the people around you, stay safe, stay well, and be kind to each other. Cheers.